listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. But we know that we're setting ourselves up for the best uh, upcoming year we've ever had. And so we've been doing these sessions in the day um, to prepare ourselves for this upcoming year. I'll say it again. Don't wait until 2021 starts to be in position for what God's going to do. Be in position ahead of time for what God has planned for you. And there are ways practically that you can do that and make that happen. And that's what this week's been about. We've been covering it since Monday. And um, as you know, I took you into first Kings where the Lord began to speak to me about Elijah, about how the hand of God came upon Elijah and he ran with momentum and strength ahead of the King's horses and chariot, uh, all the way to the entrance of the city of Jezreel. Some say 13 miles, some say as much as 30 miles away from Mount Carmel and, um, Lily Carrion new to the broadcast. Thank you very much. Everybody on Facebook, welcome Lily. She's a first time watcher. Thanks for jumping on with us today, Lily. We're glad to have you here. Thanks for being on the broadcast. And so the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, I'm going to anoint you and the people of God, the faithful people of God. And in this new year, you're going to run with momentum, accomplish more than you ever have by the power of my spirit. It's going to be the most productive year you've ever seen, most fruitful year that you've ever seen. And so we're going to run with new strength, new momentum, new anointing. Uh, In this year of 2021, we're going to run. And the Lord took me to two passages uh, specifically. The one in 1 Kings 18, where the Bible says Elijah ran ahead of the king's horses and chariot. And then again in the book of Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and they'll not grow weary. In fact, those of you that are just jumping on, uh, I would love for you to put it in the comments section today. I'm going to run and not grow weary. That's our confession, man. For this upcoming year, we're going to run in 2021. I will run and not grow weary. I will run. The church is rising up in 2021 like we never have. The faithful people of God, get ready. And again, I say this every broadcast so that nobody can misconstrue this like I'm, you know, prophesying in mass to every single person watching or listening. It's not going to be for everybody. It's going to be for the faithful people of God. Those that obey the word, those that receive his instruction, those that walk by faith, those that live holy lives. It's going to be for us, the faithful. That's it. Put it in the comments. I'm going to run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. I feel it already, man. I'm going to run and not grow weary. I'm going to walk and not faint. That's what the Bible says. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We're going to go into renewed strength in 2021 and we're going to run and we will not grow weary. We'll not burn out in this new year. In fact, if you study Psalm 1, The Bible says that those that will not stand around with sinners, join in with mockers, uh, sit in the seat of the scornful, 
but they delight themselves in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They will be like trees planted along the riverbank that will bear fruit in their season. Their leaves will never wither and they'll prosper in all they do. And so when I say we'll run and not grow weary, my leaves are not going to wither. I'm not going to grow weary. I'm going to run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk and I shall not faint in Jesus name. That's the plan of God. We're going to run and not grow weary. And so I want you to set your faith, but it's not going to be an accident. It's not going to be any kind of an accident that you run with new momentum in 2021. It's a planned thing. It's a purposeful thing. And so we've been taking this week to show you how to prepare yourself for that kind of a year. We started on Monday and we talked about the importance of knowing God's vision or plan for your life, discovering God's plan or vision. Hey, Ashley and Ted, love you guys. Um, on Tuesday, we, do, we talked about, and I, I've done these out of order because I wrote them just as the Lord gave them to me. But on Tuesday, we dealt with how to uh, streamline your life or remove distractions. And of course you saw, if we posted it on social media, every distraction is a weight around your neck. And so we talked about streamlining your life, remove every obstacle ahead of time, remove every distraction ahead of time and prepare yourself to run in this new year. And then yesterday, of course, we dealt with removing those uh, things in your soul. Now, first we talked about in your life, in the natural realm, what, what things are you doing in the natural that you can change and get out of the way? But yesterday we dealt with something very important, the overcomers mentality, the victorious mindset. And it, we talked about the power of joy. We talked about removing things that bring drama into your life. I don't need relationships that bring me drama and anxiety and depression and anger. Anything in your life that is providing you with drama, just cut it out, remove it, remove. You don't need that in your life. You need life is too short to mess around with all of that nonsense that people thrive on. People thrive on drama for some reason. I can't figure it out. Honestly, I cannot figure out why people, I call them Jersey Shore Christians. If you're in another country watching me today, you don't understand what that is, just Google it. It's a show here in the States. It's just like full of drama. There's always drama going on. People can't live in peace. And the Bible calls us to live in peace. And so I'm removing everything from my life. Don't be afraid to block accounts on social media. Don't be afraid to block people's number in your phone. I'm just telling you, be very, very intentional about your joy and your peace because it's your strength, according to the word of God. And so we dealt with that yesterday. You can go back and watch. We've created a, a playlist uh, for this week so that you guys can rewatch or binge watch uh, it's available on the podcast on every outlet. Those of you that are watching, you can check out our podcast and subscribe to it if you'd like to. It's available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, we're also available on, I'm missing one. I don't know what it is, but all major pod podcast platforms. Uh, check it out and be a part of it. Um, there's actually like 20 of them. I just don't know them all. 
Welcome from Chennai, India. Good to have you on the broadcast today. So it'll be available to you there. Today, I'm dealing with this, as you saw in the title, that we're going to cover five prayers that you must pray. Five prayers that you must pray before 2021 and that you need to keep in constant rotation. Five things that you must pray to get yourself ready, to prepare yourself for what God has for you. You know, thank you, Tammy. You know, God can't use everybody the same way. That's an interesting thought to some people, but God cannot use everybody the same way. Not everybody is uh, prepared or has prepared themselves to be used by God in the same way. What do I mean by that? Well, Paul told Timothy that in a great house, there are vessels of gold and silver, but also vessels of wood and clay or earth. One translation says some for honor, some for dishonor. But if you'll, the Bible says, if you'll keep yourself pure, if you'll cleanse yourself, then you'll be a vessel of gold or a vessel of honor that the master can use for every good work. So there are things that we can do in dedication that will prepare us to be vessels that God can use for any good work. The Bible says some refuse to cleanse themselves. Some refuse to prepare themselves for the work of God. And as a result, God cannot use them for everything. And so that's what we're preparing to do. But when he sees people that are willing to pray, like we're talking about today and keep these five prayers in rotation, God can use you. See, God is looking for kingdom minded people. I want you to put that in the comments with me today. God is looking for kingdom minded people. He's looking for kingdom minded people. Very important. And so we've got to work to make sure, to ensure that we are kingdom minded people. That's what I want to be. I want to be a kingdom asset. I want to be somebody that's uh, got the agenda of God's kingdom currently and always in my mind. It's always in my mind. It's always at the forefront of my life. Am I working to fulfill God's plans and to carry out his agenda on the earth. And so uh, we're going to cover these five prayers. And and let me encourage you, obviously, anybody that's a part of the Victory Tribe knows that we've got to be praying on a daily basis. And uh, some people are just kind of stuck. like, well, what do I pray? How do I pray? That's why we provide you with prayer points that you can find in our app. And our app is available on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store if you'll just search Miracle Word. In the app for free, we we provide you with 100 prayer points with scriptures included. But here today, I'm going to give you five types of prayer that need to be uh, constant in your prayer life. And these will prepare you for the best 2021 you've ever had. So I want to jump in. Those of you in the comments, help me by putting them in the comments. Help me by putting the scripture references in. That actually assists others who later go back to watch the replay and they can follow along in the notes. So let's get into this five prayers that you must pray and stay praying to see God continually increase you, use you, promote you. Let's deal with these. Number one, 
Five types of prayer. Number one, the prayer of consecration. That's number one. The prayer of consecration. And we see this prayer uh, in Matthew chapter 26. The prayer of consecration. Let me show you how Jesus prayed it and what he said. And this is something that every one of us need to be praying every single day. Because remember this, and by the way, it's the only prayer in the scripture that we would use the phrase, if it be your will. Many of you may have grown up praying, grown up in church, grown up in religious environments where anytime people prayed about anything, they said the phrase, Lord, if it be your will, Lord, if it be your will. Well, the issue is we've got an entire book here, 66 books that make up the Bible that reveal to us what his will actually is. We don't have to wonder what his will is. We can know the will of God because the word of God is the will of God revealed. Put that in the comments section if you're taking notes. The word of God is the will of God revealed. Very important thought. The word of God is the will of God revealed. Now, of course, there are going to be some things in your life that you're going to need further instruction on. You can, for example, in the Bible, you you can read about what type of a person you should marry, but it's not going to tell you which individual to marry. See, that's going to take the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's going to take the leading of God in your life. It'll tell you the types of people you shouldn't yoke up with, link up with, and the types of people you should, but it's not going to give you the individual. That takes the leading of the Holy Ghost. And so the Word of God, there are some things you don't have to ask questions on. You say, well, you know, this guy's unsaved, but he's a really good guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, He really, he works hard, but you know, he's not a Christian, doesn't believe in God. Then the Bible tells you, don't yoke up with that guy. Paul said, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Very basic. So it's the will of God revealed. You might be thinking to yourself, well, is it God's will that I be with this guy? No, it's not. Because it already violates one of the instructions, the general instructions about who we're to be with. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So the word of God is the will of God revealed. When people recognize that, it's life-changing. What's up, Lena? It's life-changing. The Word of God is the will of God revealed. So as we are praying, we can know what the will of God is in prayer because He reveals it. For example, if you're praying that God would heal somebody, you never have to pray, Lord, if it be your will, heal this person. You don't ever have to pray that. It's always His will to heal. Always. If you're praying for a person to be delivered from some oppression or some addiction, you know, say, Lord, if it's your will, just deliver my cousin of, of heroin addiction. You don't have to pray that. It's always his will that people be delivered. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Second Corinthians three seventeen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So no question. It's always his will to deliver people. 
It's good to see Jordan. I love you, buddy. So his word is his will revealed. We can know what he wants to do by what he's given us in his word. This prayer that I'm getting ready to cover, number one, the prayer of consecration, it's the only prayer, the only one that we should ever use the phrase, Lord, if it be your will. And I want to show you how Jesus used this prayer. Matthew 26, if you're taking notes, uh, put it in Matthew chapter 26. And let's start with verse 36. Listen to this. And then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there to pray and talking with him, um, and taking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed saying, catch this now, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You see that not as I will, but as you will. Obviously, Jesus' flesh did not want to be crucified. (laughs) Nobody wants to be crucified. So Jesus is saying, Lord, if there's any other way to redeem these people, let's do that one. (laughs) But if not, not my will, but your will be done. So what is Jesus saying? Lord, I remove my desires out of the way. Let me accomplish what you want me to do. Very important. Let me accomplish what you want me to do. Um, we, we used to sing a lot of songs of consecration, for example, and still do. You know, when, we, when I was growing up, we used to sing, song, we called them songs of consecration just because of the content of the song. You know, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That's, that's a song of consecration. What's the other one we used to sing all the time? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That's a, that's a song of consecration. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Touch my hands and my feet. Touch my heart and speak through me. You know, all you're saying is, Lord, whatever you want me to do, reveal it and I'll do it. It's not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, your will be done. It's the first type of prayer that we need to be praying uh, to the Lord. Lord, I don't want to do things in my own strength, in my own power, of my own plan, of my own accord. I want to do what you want me to do. I'm a servant of God. I'm a servant of God. You see what I mean? And so that's why when people have that heart, that's hum, that's humility, by the way, it's a humble place to be. You say, Lord, I remove my pride, my ego, my desire. I only want what you want for me. So guide me, direct me, and I will be obedient. I'll be obedient. I'll, you know, that was another one we used to say, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. Over mountains or plains or sea. I think that's right. And I'll say what you want me to say. That's consecration. That's all that is. That's all that is. And notice something here. When you're looking at the prayer of consecration, why do we surrender our will to God? Well, I'll show you why we do it. 
Isaiah 55 tells us why we do it. Hey, Tanner, Isaiah 55 tells us why we do it. Listen to what God said through the prophet Isaiah. Verses eight and nine, Isaiah 55, verses eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see that? And so God's ways, God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Troy, follow along. The prayer of consecration is praying, God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, your will be done. That's the most important prayer you could ever pray because you're saying, Lord, I align my life with your will. I align my actions with your ways, whatever you want me to do. See, even John the Baptist understood that he was sent into the world to be a forerunner of Jesus Christ. But as Jesus ministry was rising up, what did John say? I must decrease and he must increase. I must decrease. He must increase. The same is true with our own will, my will, my my individuality, my own personal desires must decrease. I've got to crucify the flesh. I must decrease and he, Christ in me, must increase. His desires, his will, his plan. He's got to increase. I've got to decrease. That's what we've got to do. That's it. Tanner said, less of me and more of him. That's exactly what it is. That's the prayer of consecration. That's the prayer of consecration. And so we need to be praying that on a daily basis because of the fact, listen to this, because of the fact we don't know the future. We don't know the future. God knows it. And he knows what needs to be done. Watch this now, because I'm going to, I'm going to transition into prayer number two in a moment and it leads us right in. But if God does have an agenda, which he does, he has a plan. He knows what he needs his people to do. He knows what he needs us to do. That's why every one of us has an assignment, a task, a purpose. And he knows what we need to do. What we need to do is discover that task and purpose and assignment and carry it out. And the only way to do that is to remove our will and to say, God, your will be done. Your will be done. Remember this, your flesh will always fight against your purpose. Your flesh will. Doesn't want to obey the Lord. Even Jesus' own flesh fought against his purpose. And he's Jesus. I mean, look at his prayer. Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from before me. But if not, not my will, but your will. But his flesh didn't want to do it. But we consecrate ourselves. We lay ourselves down, say, Lord, it's not about what I want. It's about what you're desiring me to do. And God's not going to ever lead you into a place of destruction. You understand what I mean by that? He's never going to cause your life to diminish. If you obey him, you'll increase. Obedience brings the blessing of God. But you have to say, Lord, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And so that's number one. But number two 
The second type of prayer is this. Kingdom advancement. That's what we want to pray for. I want to pray for kingdom advancement. Put it in the comment section. Kingdom advancement. What does that mean? It means God's got a plan. I have to discover what it is. And then I need to begin to pray that God's plans in the earth continue to push forward. You know how few, think about this. Do you know how few people Do you know how few people actually pray kingdom prayers? Let me, let me just, let me say it this way to you. Many people's prayers are, are just selfish prayers. And, and let me stop and say, it's no, there's nothing wrong with praying uh, prayers that are uh, for yourself or for your family. God's interested in blessing you and your family. He's interested in blessing you and, and your work, the work of your hands, your business, whatever. He's interested in that. Don't, don't let me make you think that God is not interested in uh, meeting your needs or your wants, your desires. He knows the desires of your heart. He gave you the desires of your heart. So yes, he's interested and we're going to cover that as well. But you know what most Christians, what would put you at the head of the class? Let me talk about that for a second. Do you know what would put you at the head of the class? is getting involved in what God wants done. Getting involved in what God wants done on the earth. Praying that his plans would come to pass. Praying that his plans would come to pass. Praying that every every obstacle of his plans would be moved out of the way. You see that? And Jesus actually taught his disciples to pray that way. He taught them to pray that way. Matthew chapter six. We call this the Lord's prayer. It's called the Lord's prayer. Let me read it to you. What exactly what he said. And of course we know how it goes. He said, when you pray, pray like this. He said our father in heaven, holy be your name, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Matthew six verses nine and 10 on earth as it is in heaven. And so what's the key? The key is this. God wants us to pray for his will to be accomplished on the earth. He works through praying people. God could have done it any way. I mean, think about this. People are like, well, God doesn't need us. No, he needs us. He needs us. And he created it that way. He wanted to work together with his people. You read about the disciples. The Bible says, and the Lord worked with them and signs followed. God's the one who chose to work in and through his people. He could have easily done it independently of his church. He could have said, I'm just, you guys don't have to do anything. I'm just going to work my plan in the earth and you don't have to do a thing. No, he did not choose that. 
He said, I want to work through and in my people. And so what did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? He said, pray like this, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom prayers. You know, what is, what is an example of a kingdom prayer? That's when you start to pray things that are in line with God's will and in line with his plan, in line with the kingdom advancement. As I said, that's number two, kingdom advancement. What are we going to pray? Father, I pray in Jesus name that every attack against the church in America, against the church around the world would be supernaturally thwarted by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we pray that any uh, uh, entities or individuals or corporations or governments that are actively working against the church, actively working against the plan of God, actively working against the people of God would be destroyed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, blow your breath from heaven and blow every wicked thing out of our path this year. In the upcoming year of 2021, let the kingdom of God in America advance at a rapid pace. Let churches grow. Let souls be saved. Let our heart for evangelism increase so that we will win souls by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, any interference from any wicked antichrist system or agenda, let it be scattered by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let God arise in his church in America and let the, let his enemies be scattered. Lord, as smoke is driven away by the wind and as wax melts in the fire, let the wicked be blown away from the people of God and let every plan of the wicked melt by the fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Lord, shine light from heaven and expose every wicked thing being done in the darkness against the church of God and the plan of God in America and around the world. That's how you pray. Those are kingdom prayers. I'm not praying that God will, you know, give me a job. Nothing wrong with that, but it's a different kind of prayer. It's a different type of prayer. It's not the same. We pray number one, prayers of consecration. Number two, kingdom prayers, kingdom advancement prayers. You're praying that whatever the devil would plan to hinder the work of God in America in 2021, that it would be destroyed and shattered by the power of God. Destroyed and shattered by the power of God. That souls would come in, that churches would grow, that people would be discipled, that God would strengthen. And here we are, we're getting ready to move into number three. That God would strengthen his leaders in the body of Christ. You're to pray for leadership. This is prayer number three that must be prayed. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your spiritual leaders. Pray for your governmental leaders. Both things are necessary. Pray for your spiritual leaders. Pray for your governmental leaders. If there was ever a time that your pastor needed your prayers, it's right now. there was ever a time that your pastor needed your prayers, it's right now. Pastors have had to deal with things in 2020 that pastors have not had to deal with since the 1910s. You understand? What's, what, what, what's been happening in America, what's going on in this nation and around the world, pastors have not had to deal with since, uh, you know, more than a hundred years, more than a hundred years. And they're doing 
everything they can. Some of them don't have any spiritual fathers. Some of them weren't trained. Some of them don't know what to do. Some are confused. Some are afraid. Some are nervous. Others are walking in faith. Others are uh, advancing against the devil's plans. But wherever your pastor is, you need to be praying for him. Pray for his family. Pray for him. Pray that God would anoint him, strengthen him, give him wisdom. Pray that God would keep him strong, that he'd not grow weary in well-doing, that God would bless him financially, that God would keep his body in perfect peace and health. Pray for his children. Pray for his marriage, everything. God bless my leaders. And there's, let me tell you something, that's scriptural. Even Paul knew that and Paul requested prayers. Let me just say this. Paul requested prayers, the apostle, probably other than Christ, not probably other than Christ, the most influential man in the new Testament requested prayers from the church. Listen to what he said. It's Ephesians chapter six. Notice he said in verses 18 and 19 of Ephesians six, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. One way it could be said or translated with all kinds of prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now catch this. And also for me, pray for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He said, don't just pray for the brothers and sisters in the church. Pray for me. I need your prayers. Sometimes we look at the men and women of God and think, well, they're on, you know, they're at the top. They're on top of the world. They've got it all figured out. They're strong in faith. They need your prayers. Pray for your pastor. Lift him up. Pray for his family. Pray for those that are in spiritual leadership in this nation. Yes, Tracy, that's it. Pray for Pastor Greg Bruce and his family. Powerful pastor. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray, Christina, for Pastor Brian Tomes. Those of you that are on here, you've got your pastors. Pray for them. Lift them up. Ask God to bless them. Use them. Give them uh, additional wisdom. Give them new strength, new anointing. You see? So number one, our spiritual leaders, but not just our spiritual leaders, but to pray for our natural leaders, our natural leaders as well. Let me show you this. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And I'll read 3 as well. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Verse 2, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. Let me, say, let, me, let me say something to you. I'm not losing my mind over political leaders. I'm not losing my mind. Understand something. The election is yet, it's not over yet. Things are still happening. Things are still happening. Litigation, ongoing. Election's not been decided. And so I'm still, President Donald Trump is our president. 
I'm praying for him. If everything is said and done and legally completed and the courts decide and everything that's going on and Joe Biden becomes our president, I will pray for Joe Biden. I'm not losing my mind over the election. I'm not going to say, well, I voted for somebody else. I'm, I'm upset. And I'm going to start. I'm not jumping online. I'm, I'm going to start bashing all, and all this stuff. I'm going to pray for my leader. If that ends up being Joe Biden, I'll pray for Joe Biden. If, as I believe, it'll end up being Donald Trump again, I will pray for Donald Trump. Because the Bible commands me to pray for those in high positions, in leadership and authority, in governmental authority. And so I will obey the word as a Christian and pray for my leaders. I'll pray they get saved. I'll pray they get filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll pray that God would use them. I'll pray for them. I prayed for President Obama. I prayed for President George W. Bush. I'll pray for who my leaders are because that's what the Bible says to do. It's what the Bible, any responsible Christian should do what the Bible says to do. You can't call yourself a Christian and then just do whatever you want to do. <laughs> a disciple follows the disciplines of his master. Christ is the master. This is his word. Amen. And so we pray for our spiritual leaders and we pray for our natural leaders. And that needs to be done. Why? Listen to what this says in 1 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, pray for the kings and all those in high positions. Why? Why are we doing that? So that we can live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God and our Savior. So, so catch this now. The Bible says when the righteous are in leadership, the people rejoice. But the people mourn when the wicked are in leadership. And so when godly principles guide a nation, it's not an accident that, you know, it's not an accident that countries that have put Christianity uh, first are blessed. That's not an accident. It's not an accident that the most powerful countries in the world. United States is without a question the most powerful nation in the world, without a question. It's not an accident that we were founded on principles that are pleasing unto God. When the righteous are in leadership, people rejoice. And so you need to pray, number one, prayers of consecration, dedicate your life to God. Number two, prayers of kingdom advancement. Pray for God's plan to be done in the earth and that his plan in the church will be carried out. Number three, we pray for our leadership. Pray for our leadership. You should be doing it now. You should have never stopped doing it. But we pray moving forward for our spiritual leadership, natural leadership. Number four, fourth thing that is so vitally important for every Christian, and that is this, to pray for divine revelation. This is huge. This is number four. Pray for divine revelation that your eyes in the spirit would be opened. This is found in Ephesians chapter one. Go there. Paul begins to pray these prayers for the church, for the believers. And I want to show you how Paul prays 
And I want you to incorporate this for your own life. Prayers for divine revelation. And the reason I say this before you see the prayer, let me explain to you why we do need to pray prayers for divine revelation. The level of revelation that you have will determine the level of victory that you can walk in throughout your Christian life. I'll say that again in case you've never heard this taught or preached. The level of revelation that you personally have will determine the level of freedom or victory in which you can walk. It's not Acts, it's Ephesians chapter 1, Mary Beth. Ephesians chapter 1. And so the Bible says in John 8, 32, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. In the Old Testament, Hosea 4, 6, God said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And so it's what you know and have revelation of that allows you to walk in that freedom. You, let me say it this way. That's even the most simple to understand. You can't walk in the freedom of a revelation you don't have. Put it in the comments. I cannot walk in the freedom of a revelation that I don't have. I'm going to say it again for those of you that are writing it down. I cannot walk in the freedom of a revelation that I do not have. If you don't have the truth, you can't walk in the freedom of the truth. I'll prove it from scripture. Paul said in Acts 19 to 12 men he met in Ephesus. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You know what their answer was? Uh, We've not even heard there is such a thing as the Holy Ghost. You know why they hadn't received it? Because they didn't even know it existed. Didn't have revelation, so they couldn't have the blessing of it. I cannot walk in the freedom of a revelation I do not have. Does anybody watching me or listening to me remember when you found out for the first time that Jesus was not just a savior, he was also a healer? Love you, Hope. Do you ever remember the first time that you found out he wasn't just a a savior and a healer, but he was also a provider and would bless you financially? Do you remember what it was like when you received that revelation for the first time? You're like, hold on a second. He'll also bless my finances. He'll also heal my body. He's also a miracle working God. Yes. Yes. And see, without that knowledge, without that revelation, you can't walk in that. You can't walk in that, but you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So what are we praying? We're praying that God would open our spiritual eyes and give us revelation that we've never had before. Let us go deeper. Let me just tell you one thing that I know is true. You can never exhaust the mighty word of God. Well, I've read that. Read it again. I agree. Mike Frost said, This is why the church you attend is crucial. I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. The church you attend is crucial without question. And so I'm telling you, you begin to pray and ask God to give you divine revelation and wisdom about things you don't have wisdom for. James one, James chapter one, the Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, any of you, Let him ask of God 
who gives to all men liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. You see that? If you lack wisdom, ask God to give it to you. Bible says he'll give to all men liberally and won't rebuke them for asking for wisdom. Amen. But now we're in Ephesians one and Paul prays these prayers for the church. Listen to this verse 16, Ephesians 1 16 for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Kroenkick said, what verse is that? That's James chapter one. I believe it's verse five. If you go back and look at it, James one, five about wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But now we're in Ephesians one. Listen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 17, the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So notice there is a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you can have that you can grow in, in the knowledge of him. Look, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope uh, uh, to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. There's a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so you begin to pray, Lord, in Jesus name, Let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened as I read your word. You know, years ago, I was asking God to give me more and more revelation of his word. Lord, let me see things that I've never seen. Let me see things others have never seen that I can be a blessing to the body of Christ. And the Lord said, before you do your Bible reading, he he told me this. He said, before you do your Bible reading, pray each time that I would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and pray that the eyes of your understanding would open and be enlightened. And so I obeyed. And I remember the day that I did it. And many of you may have heard me tell this before. I remember the day that I did it for the very first time. I was still living at my, my house in Virginia. And, um, I was up in my office, had my Bible open, my notebook open. uh, And I said, well, I'm gonna pray. And I prayed those prayers. And then my plan for the day was to read through the gospel of John chapter one through chapter 10. I'd given myself an hour uh, to study. I'm going to study for this hour and I'm going to read these 10 chapters and take notes. And man, I started studying that day, started reading uh, the gospel of John. 
And I mean, notes were coming like I'd never had before. I'm like furiously scribbling on the pad. I mean, page after page after page. I think I took like 12, 13 pages of notes or something like that. And I looked down and to my surprise, the hour had passed. I had been going an hour and it was like stuff never stopped flowing. And I looked at where I was in my daily Bible reading. I still had not gotten out of John chapter one. I spent an hour in John chapter one, had about 12 pages of notes and still had not finished the one chapter. That's what I'm telling you is that when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and begins to show you things that you've never seen before, it's unbelievably revelatory. It blows your natural mind how deep the Word of God is, how rich the Word of God is. And the only thing that changed, I didn't change my Bible translation. I didn't change, none of that. All I changed was praying those prayers like the Lord instructed me. He said, pray that I would give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Pray that I would open the eyes of your understanding like Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. I just did it. And God answered that prayer. And I began to see things I'd never seen before by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, pray that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because the more revelation that you have, the higher your level of revelation, the higher your level of freedom, the higher your level of victory. Let me tell you, that's why we need teachers. That's why we need fathers in the body of Christ that would teach us and show us things. Why would I want, that's why I wrote the book further faster so that people would understand what impartation is truly for. Why would I want to spend 30 years learning something that I could receive in three months or three years of sitting under somebody that already had it. God doesn't want us to learn by trial and error. He wants us to learn by instruction. That's what I've been trying to get across to people's spirits. If we're humble enough to receive instruction from those that already have the wisdom and knowledge, then notice what can happen. We can receive wisdom and revelation. See, that's why I can't stand it when I hear people say, we need to read less books about the Bible and read more of the Bible. No, if you go by that logic, you might as well say, we need to hear less preaching about the Bible and just read more of the Bible. That's not true. That's not even scriptural. It's one of the dumbest things preachers say. We need to read less books about the Bible and read more of the Bible. No, that's dumb. Because if that was the case, God would have never set in the church, the fivefold ministry gift. He would have never said apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, because you know what he would have, if God used that kind of logic, he'd say, well, my people need to hear less preaching about the Bible and need to just read more of the Bible. No, there's a reason why we have those that are specialists that have been called by God to give their life to the study of the word and the preaching and teaching of the word. Why do you think the apostles in the early church said, listen, we can't, I dealt with this, this, uh, on the day of distractions, we can't keep being in, in charge of food distribution. We can't fe- keep feeding the widows and keep making sure that everything's dealt out, uh, uh, equally. Let's raise up elders, those that can do it for us because we 
have to be dedicated to prayer and the study of the word. Why do we have to be dedicated to prayer and the study of the word? Because if I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, doing a million things, I won't be in position to teach you or to bless you or to deliver an impartation to you. So that's why you have to guard yourself. And that's why God set people in the church to perfect the saints. There's specific people called to perfect the saints. So all books about the Bible are, are written preaching and teaching on the Bible. It's all it is. An audio book of teaching is the same as teaching. A book written about the Bible is that person's preaching and teaching on the Bible. We need it. We need it. You understand? So it's foolish to say we need to read less books about the Bible. No, I gain wisdom and revelation by the spirit, by reading what God has shown other men and women of God. I mean, do you, I'm sure that people are on here and I want you to just put it in the comment section because it'll also be helpful to everybody else that's watching. I bet if I ask this question, you guys can quickly throw something up. List a Christian book that you read that like blew your mind when you read it. It was like, maybe you read, you know, um, something by Brother Hagin or by uh, Bill Winston or Kenneth Copeland or Joel Osteen or whatever it might be. List a book in the comments that you read that when you read it, it, it like opened your spirit and shown you, you were like, I can't believe I never knew this. This is so powerful. There you go. Believer's authority. Kenneth Hagin. Put something in the comments that you read that like blew your mind. Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. Integrity. Joyce Myers. Look, there's another one, Believer's Authority. That changed the world, that book. A small book changed the world. It's been translated into tons of languages. It's changed nations. Bait of Satan, John Bevere. What else? Further, faster, thank you. Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Good Morning Holy Spirit, Benny Hinn. Exactly right. Battlefield of the Mind, Joyce Meyer. Look at all these books coming in. Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, The Anointing. Throne Room Prayer, Candace Simmons. Look at that. Jesus Calling. Books by Brother Copeland. People are putting them in the comment section. Price of God's Miracle Working Power. Exactly right. Powerful book. That's so, so you realize what I'm saying. Many of you, now when I started writing books, How to Live and Not Die, Norval Hayes. Lines by Carolyn Shuttlesworth, Right. They shall expel demons, Derek Prince. The life teachings of Smith Wigglesworth. See, so, so I want you to hear this. When I started writing, the Lord gave me a conviction and he said, start, yeah, Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. That's a good book. Exploits in Ministry, phenomenal book. So listen to this. When I started writing books, the Lord gave me a conviction, capturing the mind of God, Bishop Rick Thomas, our pastor. That's exactly right. The Lord said, he asked me a question and it really shook me. It shook me because the Lord was telling me at a young age, get started writing books, get started writing books for people. And then he asked me a question and I'm going to pose the question to you. And I think that I've even put this question when I did the series on how to write a book, 
But the Lord spoke this to me. He said, what if the believer's authority by Kenneth Hagin was just a message that he preached one time? Stop and think about that for a second. What if the believer's authority by Kenneth Hagin was just a message that he preached one time? What if healing the sick was just a series that T.L. Osborne preached one time? Ask me that. And he went through. What if Christ the healer was just a a message F.F. Bosworth preached one time? And he was impacting my spirit with this thought. It would have gone away. It would have gone away. It would have faded. It would have been limited about who could have heard it at the time. There was no live streaming back then. You know, there was none of that. There was no broadcasting, all that, uh, like we do now in our live church services. What if it was just a message and not a book? We'd miss generations would have missed what God showed these men and women of God. And the Lord said, get busy and make it plain for your generation. And it will go beyond you. And if Jesus tarries and I pass away, it'll go beyond my life. That's why my goal is to write a hundred books before I'm done. Because it'll go beyond my life. Jesus tarries, it'll go beyond my generation and touch the world. Now you think a book like uh, The Believer's Authority has now gone into many languages. Can you Google that, Tiffany, and see how many languages Believer's Authority has been translated in? And has gone around the world and touched nations. It's touched nations. It's changed the mindset of the body of Christ around the world. The Believer's Authority. And what if it was only, what if it was only a message that he preached one time. See what I mean? And so we understand this. These men and women of God can impart to us wisdom and revelation by studying, reading what the Lord has shown them. See, that's how we compound in these areas. It's not that I'm just praying for God to give me wisdom and revelation. I'm now saying, Lord, also, as I study what you showed them, let that same light come unto me. Let that same understanding come unto me that came unto them. You can do the same. Let me give you uh, number five before I pray for you today. Number one, prayer of consecration. Number two, prayers of kingdom advancement. Number three, praying for your leadership. Number four, praying for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And finally, number five, praying for the desires of your heart praying for the desires of your heart. Go with me to the book of Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. And I'll start reading with verse four and we'll go to, through to verse six. Listen to this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known 
unto God. You see that? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Do you know what the Bible tells us? One reason many people never receive what they're believing for. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Let me encourage you with this thought today as we're getting ready to move into the uh, middle of this month and then we have a month and a half left of the year. Start asking bigger. I'm going to say that again. And I want you to turn the caps lock on like you have a mental problem and put it in the comments section. Every person in all caps. Start asking bigger. Start asking bigger. This is huge. Don't ask God for small things. Don't ask God for things you could do on your own. Don't ask God for things that would look like a coincidence. Start asking bigger. Turn the caps lock on. That's it. Start asking bigger. Start asking bigger. That's exactly right. Don't be satisfied with a small result. Ask God for big things. Here's why. Because when you ask him for big things that he's obviously capable, more than capable of doing, the bigger the thing you believe him for, the bigger thing, the bigger the thing he accomplishes, the more glory God gets. The more glory he gets. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. In this, my father is glorified. God gets glory when your prayers are answered. Glory to God. God gets glory when your prayers are answered. Hallelujah. Start asking bigger. Look at this. One website, we're getting ready to put in the comments for everybody to see. One website claims that the believer's authority has been translated into more than 100 languages. 100 languages touching the world. Start asking bigger. Start asking bigger. Whatever it is, that's right. Ask bigger. Because here's the thing, you serve a God that can do big things. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in you. So catch this, if you can think it, he can exceed it. If I can ask for it, he can exceed it. So that, that's given me the, the, uh, the drive to stop asking for small things. Stop asking for small things. Your God's not a small God. He's not a powerless God. He's not hindered in any way. He's not, his power is not crippled by anything. Don't ask God for small things. Ask him for big things that would reveal his power. Ask him for big things that would reveal his power. Above all, that's it, Rose. 
above all that we could ask or think. He'll go beyond it. He'll exceed abundance. That's what that scripture means. Exceeding abundantly. Exceeding abundantly. He exceeds abundance. So what am I going to do? Have the greatest and most powerful force in the universe at my disposal. He is my God. I'm in covenant with him. And then ask him to do something small. Lord, I just pray that you'd help me make my light bill this month. That's too small. He has no desire to meet your needs. He wants to take you into the overflow. Lord, just help me to bear this cancer. No, pray that he destroys every cancer cell. Gives you a miraculous turnaround and recovery that would even make the doctors scratch their heads and have to declare, I don't know, it's a miracle. I don't know where the cancer cells went. You had stage three, stage four cancer. Now it's gone. We don't understand. Your oncologist will retire while he's on the high note. (laughs) Stop asking small. Ask bigger. Ask bigger by the power of God. And God can do it. God can do it. Let's read once again the sixth verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. God wants to answer your requests. He doesn't want to say, well, they're so, they're so jealous. They're, I can't believe how greedy my people are that they, you know, you hear people talk about God. Let, let, me, let me say this because it needs to be said. You hear people talk about God like he doesn't want to answer your prayers, like he can't be bothered to answer your prayers. Now there's people out there treating God like he's an ATM machine. Well, we're not making it up. He's the one who, de- who gave us his nature and his design. He showed us what he's like. Ask me and I'll do it for you. Before you called, I answered you. Make your request known unto God. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you could ask or think. You're making God, it's like you think God's a jackpot. No, I'm telling you that this is what God himself has revealed to his people. I want you to ask me. I want you. You know why? He's a loving heavenly father. I would be upset if my children never asked me for anything. Why? I love to bless them. I love to bless them. Christmas comes. I love to watch their faces while they open up their presents. Amen. Why? I'm a loving father. And God's even a much, much, much greater father than any human father. And he loves to bless his children. Hallelujah. And so we make our requests known unto God because he wants to bless us. For anybody that's ever been taught differently, I want every person that's watching this today to put it in the comments. God wants to bless me. Last thing I'll have you write today. God wants to bless me. Put it in the comments section. Hallelujah. God wants to bless me. He has a desire to bless you. He wants to take you into the overflow. That's the kind of God you serve. (laughs) Deborah said, I'll be praying for a hot, sexy, Latino, rich husband. (laughs) Hey, make your requests known. Make your requests known unto God. He's able to do exceeding abundantly and above. God wants to bless you. No question. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. And do you know who he blesses? 
He blesses the people who are dedicated to him. That's why I started with the dedication. That's why I started by saying, pray prayers of consecration. Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Pray kingdom prayers. See, pray for your leaders. Pray for those in authority over you. Amen. Praise God. Pray for wisdom and revelation. And then as you've put yourself in position to obey the Lord, guess what happens? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Woo, glory to God. All these things will be added unto you. That's the key. Glory to God, that's the key. And so God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. Let me pray for those of you that are watching and listening because see, I'm believing with you that this will be the most powerful year you've ever experienced. 2021, we're going to run with momentum and we're not done with this year. God's got another month and a half. That's a long time to bless his people with violent increase, expedited favor. And that's what we're going to see in Jesus name. But let me pray because I want to ask God that you will cross over into this new year already running, already running. That's our plan. That's our desire is to see God's plan being fulfilled in our lives. And so let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm praying for all those that are watching me today and listening. I ask you not only to give us a desire to pray, give us a hunger to pray, but Lord, as we pray these kingdom prayers, we thank you that our prayers are quickly coming to pass. Your word declares, then will you call and I will answer you. We're dedicated. We're the faithful Lord. We're the remnant. We're the ones that will not grow cold. We're the ones that will stand for your plan and your purpose. And we will not back off of the truth of your word in Jesus mighty name. So we ask you now, let these things come to pass. Lord, we pray and make ourselves available. Whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. Not our will, your will be done. Lord, advance your kingdom. Let this year finish with a strong church in this world, not just America, around the world. We pray for our leaders, strengthen them, empower them, use them. We pray, Lord, that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And Lord, I pray that every person who is asking you today, that you would quickly answer their prayers. Let every prayer request be turned into a praise report in Jesus' mighty name. If they need healing, heal them quickly, Lord. If they need deliverance, deliver them quickly. If they need peace and joy, touch them now. Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it and we give you praise. And everybody in the comments, put your hands up, shout aloud, amen, throw some fire up. And let me know that you're believing with us today for quick turnarounds in Jesus' mighty name. Let me tell you this. The only prayer that you cannot pray is a prayer for financial blessing. Because financial blessing does not answer to prayer. It answers to sowing. Financial increase, financial blessing, it doesn't answer to prayer. It answers to sowing. And so we're going to encourage you to sow a seed. If you're believing for financial increase, I'm going to encourage you to sow a seed today by faith. And those of you that are watching, you know, it's very easy to sow, very easy to give. 
If you're, no matter where you are in the world, you can go to miracleword.com and you can sow a seed right on the website. You can partner with us right on the website. And God's been blessing. It's the best uh, year of impact we've ever made. We're feeding more children than we ever have. We just again increased our partnership with Feed the Hungry within the last month. And uh, now we're, we're blessing more children, feeding more children than we ever have. Now we're impacting the world. Now that we're getting ready to go on television, we're going to preach the gospel in over 180 nations of the world. Miracle Word University is going to touch the world as well. I spoke with someone this morning who wants to take Miracle Word University into the nations of the world, which is very exciting. Looking forward to talking about that as well. We've got a new course coming out here shortly, but we're doing everything we can to impact this world with the gospel. And as you're connected with this ministry, the same blessing comes upon you because we're doing the work together. And that's what the Bible teaches. Those that receive a prophet in the name of a prophet receive a prophet's reward. And so I want to encourage you to sow a seed or partner with us today on a monthly basis. Pray and ask the Lord, could you be one that would stand with us at $85 or more every single month and believe God for that kind of increase. Because as we're moving forward, things are going to happen quickly. Souls are going to be saved quickly. It's supernatural. You can use PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, or if you're on Facebook or Twitter, Periscope, you can use hashtag donate right in the comments section. You will be blessed. Every person that's partnering with us in the month of November, if you'd like to receive this gift, we're going to send it. My friend, Pastor Joel Stockstill, of course, wrote this book, the Power of Daily Bible Reading. And uh, it's a powerful book that'll keep your mind in place where you understand why. Many people don't do it because they don't understand why they need to be reading the Bible on a daily basis. It'll give you the, uh, the push that you need, as it were. And then he and I are planning a Bible reading program for the new year that you're going to want to get involved with. Go to miracleword.com forward slash offer to grab a hold of your copy if you've sown your seed. Then also, we're in the midst of filming this right now, the brand new Miracle Word University course, Divine Prosperity, Walking in Supernatural Financial Abundance. It's launching on November the 23rd. That's a Monday, if I'm correct. Is that right? It's Monday, Tiff? It's a Monday coming up. It's that the Monday of Thanksgiving week? The Monday of Thanksgiving week, Divine Prosperity, Walking in Supernatural Financial Abundance. We're filming it right now. It's going to be released. We're going to let you guys know uh, as it's time to start, when it's time to start pre-ordering or getting involved with the course. We have all of our courses now bundled together if you'd like to get a deal. $199, you get all four courses. That's like getting a course for free. It's 28% off for 20 hours of teaching on faith on prayer, on healing, on the Holy Spirit. It will be a massive blessing to you. All you got to do, go to MiracleWordU.com. MiracleWord, the letter U, dot com. And you can check out the courses. You can read the course description. You can read the course titles. And you can start an account there for free. And then you can purchase any of the courses within the site that you would like to purchase. They're yours forever. You can watch them on your phone, your tablet, your laptop. You can download them to watch off, offline, anything like that that you'd like to do. And uh, it will be a massive blessing to you. And it'll help you to be equipped to do what God's called you to do by understanding the revelation of God's word like we talked about today. I want to encourage you to get involved. This new course is launching soon, but we have 
all those resources ready to go for you in there already. Over 20 hours of teaching, and uh, I'm so excited for this new course on prosperity. And then in 2021, now that we've got the studio God blessed us with, we're gonna be launching more courses in the new year. We're very excited about that. We love you guys so very much. We're gonna be back to finish this tomorrow, 10.30 a.m., uh, the final session on how to prepare ourselves uh, for 2021. And tomorrow you do not want to miss. Uh, thanks, Christina, you're gonna enjoy it. Uh, you don't wanna miss tomorrow. It's gonna be a phenomenal breakthrough Friday. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.